0: Hello, everyone. We're back again. Yo, yo, yo. We're going to try and do this one fairly quickly just to see how uh, concise we can actually be. Because we have 25 natural wine terms you should know, and we're going to try and do it in under 10 minutes.
1: I think we can do it.
0: All right. So let's just jump in then.
1: All right. Term number one, natural wine. What is it? So presumably, you guys probably know what natural wine is, but um generally speaking and there's a lot of different ways you can define it natural wine is wine that's farmed you know organically so biodynamically uh not irrigating etc um and is made without adding or removing so pesticide free additive free low or no sulfite and uh n- minimal filtration
0: also known as raw wine, lo fi wine. Every few months, there's a new word that people are using for it. So, number one, natural wine. Building off of that, number two is zero zero, and you'll see that written in a couple different ways. They might write it out, it might just be two zeros, and it literally just means exactly what Nick said, which is that nothing added. Nothing taken out. So if someone says, is this wine zero zero? The expectation would be that they didn't add sulfites. They didn't take out all the yeast. It'll be likely like have sediments in it. That's your zero zero wine. That's probably
1: one of the strictest ways that you can define natural wine kind yeah. of under that umbrella. Uh, number three is native yeast. So for us, this is probably one of the most important things that we're mm-hmm. looking for when we're uh, thinking about natural wine. So rather than inoculate or inoculate yeast to kind of start fermentation manually. Uh, what you're doing is you're letting the yeast that are, you know, from the vineyard uh, in the cellar, honestly, it sounds gross, but like on the people that are making the wine, <laughs> um, you're letting that yeast kind of float around, come in contact with the wine, start eating the sugar, and turn into alcohol.
0: Yeah, and that actually goes really well with uh, the next one, which is spontaneous fermentation. So you need to have, you, yeah, you need to have native yeast Uh, and spontaneous fermentation for us to consider a natural wine so what nick just described is the fermentation process you don't make it hot and cold to start and stop the process you instead just let the yeast do what it wants to do and over time it's going to decide today's the day of ferment and that's when it ferments
1: number five we have volatile acidity which is va um, VA is something that you'll see thrown around quite a bit in natural wine because you know, it does happen, I guess, more often than in a conventional wine. Yeah. It's kind of like this, uh, nail polish remover vinegary taste. Um, and if it, if there's too much of it, it can become overbearing and is not pleasant. You know, a little bit can definitely blow off or, you know, put, people might even be looking for that. Um, obviously like people love acid in wine generally. Um, But if it's too much, it's too much, and that would be uh, where you're getting that VA, volatile acidity note.
0: All right, now let's talk about three different farming styles. Number one, organic. Organic uh, does have a certification body. You can see if it's USDA, EU organic, etc. What that basically means is that it is not using any Uh, conventionally made fertilizers, any additives, you can use additives, but they would be uh, only if they're organically made. And the difference between that and the next one, which is biodynamic farming, is that organic farming, uh, not everything needs to come from the vineyard. You don't need to take your fertilizer from your cows or from whatever is local. You can actually, you know, buy organic uh, farming. Materials and use those versus in biodynamics. The goal is to have a completely self-sustaining organism Where everything that you're doing on the farm is coming from the farm or local to the area um, For your sprays and soil supplements and it's all completely natural within its ecosystem
1: right and that's kind of the uh, like the D- Demeter demitar certification yeah. is a certified biodynamic um, created by a guy in the early 1900s, I think, or maybe older than that. I think late
0: 1800s, Rudolf Steiner. Exactly. Interesting dude.
1: Not the greatest dude, but he did do a couple <laughs> cool things. Yeah. Um, the next one is dry farming. So dry farming is a pretty easy one. Uh, it's basically just vines that aren't irrigated. So they rely on rain, or in a lot of cases, not a lot of rain, um, to grow their grapes. And what happens then is that a lot of people think that because you're not watering them, um, the grapes aren't taking on as much water. And thus, they're, you might have smaller clusters. Uh, they might be a little bit more intensely flavored. Um, and overall, you know, it's better for the environment if you're not constantly using a valuable natural resource like water.
0: Yeah, we're pro dry farming and we expect all of our vineyards to be dry farmed. Next one is mouse or mousiness. So this one's another one like VA that you do find more often in uh, natural wines than in conventional. And you have experienced it in the past if you have felt the following. You have a great sip of wine. You're like, this is delightful. This seems great. And then all of a sudden there's just this moment where it seems like a strange kombucha gone wrong vibe at the back of your throat. It's like a retro-nasal thing where you breathe in and you say, well, everything I just tasted is gone and now I'm getting this. And it's a little bit funny because honestly some people love it. Like some people think that's what natural wine is supposed to taste like and it's not. Um, It's just this weird finish and it's more likely to happen after a bottle's been open for a while. It could be, you know, it could be in the bottle from the beginning. But it's more likely that if you have a natural wine by the glass, uh, it could have picked up some mousiness by being open for a while.
1: Yeah, and I will say that, in my opinion, it's not that common. Like You're not going to be getting mousiness from your wines as much as you're going to be getting like VA, for example, or other flaws, I guess. But it does happen, and it's, it's, it's really a super weird one. Yeah. Um, after that, we're going to be starting to talk about filtration, Um, so number 10 is unfiltered. So a lot of wines are filtered. And what that means is that you can use something like diatomaceous earth, for example, to filter your wines. I'm pretty sure you can just put it through a screen Mm -hmm. to filter it. Um, and what that does is it removes sediment, it removes yeast, whatever might be in the wine while you're kind of making it. And it creates a very clean looking not cloudy, not hazy, not sedimenty, nothing, just a really clean looking wine. And, you know, if you're thinking about the way people typically rate and grade wines, they obviously look at the wine itself and traditionally sediment would be considered a flaw. So it's like a way to remove what's traditionally considered a flaw, but also people think that it can affect the wine's flavor profile.
0: Yeah, and I would say that it affects it positively because it allows the wine to continue developing. Um, But, you know, everyone has their opinion. So that's
1: not filtering affects it positively is what you're saying?
0: I would say that, yes. And then the other type is fining. So there's unfiltered and then there's unfined wine. And uh, fining is a good uh segue into the next one i'm actually going to talk about fining wine and vegan wine at the same time because they're fairly relevant to each other so fining is uh, a secondary process after filtration where you actually put something like uh, egg whites or a like gelatin from an animal protein or a fish bladder into the wine and you do that because there's things that are beyond the size of sediment Um, that are just small particles that actually are what make the wine hazy very tiny and what they do is instead of filtering it they uh, latch on to those egg whites and it makes it crystal clear Um, but obviously that would make a wine not vegan so if you're using egg whites or you're using a fish bladder to fine a wine um, it's coming into contact with animals and that makes a wine not vegan
1: exactly Uh, number 13, we have the official definition for natural wine, which is glue glue. Uh, just kidding, but it is (laughs) something that you'll see quite a bit. So glue glue is like a, the way you can think of it is like a. Chug a lug. Yeah, exactly. It's like a (laughs) very light drinking, not super complicated. You know, you can finish a bottle with your friends in the afternoon and be good to go. Um, de Swaff is kind of a similar term. Um, you know, a lot of people think that gl- a natural wine has to be glue-glue, and that's definitely not the case. Um, but it is a style that you'll see quite a bit, right? Super simple, uncomplicated, light drinking, served chilled, drink this wine now.
0: Yum, yum. Next one, number 14, um, Pet Nat or Petit Lant Naturel, which is a sparkling wine that is very commonly associated with natural winemaking because uh, it differs from champagne in that they... Just put the bottle, or sorry, put the wine in the bottle before it finishes fermenting. And what that happens is it creates carbon dioxide in the bottle, which allows it to be bubbly. Um, And it's delicious. And you can either find it pre disgorged That's most common. You're not going to worry about a ton of sediment at the end. But every once in a while, you'll find one that has a ton of sediment. And there's a really fun way that you can disgorge it to get that sediment out. And uh, we'll link in a video to how you can do that.
1: Careful if you're trying to do that at home.
0: Yeah, be careful. You're uh watch your eyes.
1: Um. So fifteen is Col Fondo.
0: Yeah, Col Fondo. It is a really quick one. Basically, it's a hazy Prosecco. <laughs> so it's a Prosecco wine made like Prosecco, but they uh, don't actually uh, disgorge it, so it ends up having sediment and some haze to it
1: is a style of wine that we're very into if you're not familiar with orange or skin contact or amber wine or want to just want to learn more about it we do have a full podcast on it Uh, but really simply it's just a white wine that's been macerated on its skins for any length of time you know up to from a couple hours up to a couple months uh that creates kind of like a amber orange hue to the wine gives a little bit more tannin a little bit more body and uh, a little bit more of like an intense flavor profile.
0: And keeping with the orange wine, um, skin contact, that is also what you could call it. Skin contact, white wine, doesn't quite roll off the tongue like orange. Thus, that's why it kind of gets orange or amber as its name. Um, but for all of you that are going to natural wine bars and saying, I would like a skin contact, just note that uh, you'd want to make sure you <laughs> say that it's a white wine uh, and get Anyone orange. that
1: gives you a skin contact red, that would be hilarious. Because, I hope someone does that.
0: <laughs> because all red wines are skin contact and all rosés are skin contact. It's just about the length of time.
1: So the next one we have is uh, a clay pot or an amphora or a kefery,, you know, depending on where you are. Um, and really what that is, is it's a vessel for winemaking that's made of clay. So a kvvri is something that they use in Georgia. It has a pointy bottom and they bury it in the ground. Uh, in Spain, they call it a tinjaha, um, and it's a really old style of winemaking. It kind of gives it a little bit of the wine, a little bit of texture, a little bit of body. Um, very cool. Just a you know, it's just like a stainless steel or oak or whatever, um, fiberglass. It's just a way or a vessel in which people make wine.
0: Number 19, carbonic maceration. This is where instead of uh, pressing the grapes or smushing the grapes, you let them actually go into a tank, you seal it off uh, with some uh, CO2 in it, and they start to feel funny on the inside, explode, uh, ferment themselves, and then you basically let the wine uh, continue the fermentation after they kind of explode themselves it adds a lot of freshness to a wine and a lot of like uh fruity qualities so it's very popular was popularized popularized in the Beaujolais and uh, you'll find it a lot now with natural winemaking
1: sulfur um or sulfites so sulfites are a or SO2 it's a preservative that's used quite a bit in both winemaking and just like food production generally um usually what it does is it'll like freeze the wine uh, as it is um prevents it from oxidizing you know keeps it fresh Uh, it is naturally occurring in a wine so even if you have like a zero sulfur sulfur added wine um it'll still have a little bit and generally speaking natural winemakers are striving to add as little as possible of this
0: lots of debate about that one um Next one, whole cluster. Whole cluster just means they use the entire bunch of grapes when they were pressing or when they were going through any part of the process. So that means that it's going to have a little bit of extra tannin in it likely because uh, the stems have their own tannins that are extracted. So if you hear someone say, oh, this was whole cluster carbonic, that means that the entire uh, stem and grapes were used and it went through fermentation in contact with all those things.
1: Uh, The next one we have is Brutal. So Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, What that is, is like a, it's like a cult label or cult like thing that, you know, a winemaker will put on a label that is maybe like a more experimental wine. uh, Maybe something that they're not producing like, you know, year after year, just something that they're putting out. Um, It's always going to be zero, zero. Uh, And usually it has like a Grim Reaper Uh, You know, Grim Reaper is like killing sulfur Um, (laughs) and it's like a really minimal intervention, kind of like culty style of winemaking that a lot of winemakers just put out a Brutal, gets bought and then they never hear from them again.
0: Yeah, expect it to be uh, different from the norm when you try one. For sure. Next one is sediment. So sediment is that stuff that you see floating around at the bottom of your wine. Um, It is normally just a mixture of yeasts and uh, small particles of the grape and or the grape seeds. And it's not going to hurt you. It doesn't really taste like anything. I don't really recommend that you drink it, but if you do, it's okay. And I think that it's great to have it in the wine like we talked about with unfiltered. Um, It is something that can stay there and allow the wine to evolve over time. So we're pro-sediment. If it has sediment, cool.
1: Hashtag team sediment. <laughs> uh, the next one we have is additives. So there are a lot of things that you are allowed to add to a wine in the United States. Over uh, 100. Yeah, over 100. So just a couple, like obviously sulfur. Um, but then also like, you know, mega purple to give it color. Oak chips to give it like an oaky taste without actually putting it in oak. Boo. Anti-foaming agents. Boo. Uh, you know etc so there are a ton of additives and you know generally speaking in natural wine you're trying to minimize the amount of things that you're adding to the wine we're really trying to let the grapes speak for themselves
0: and the thing is with wine you don't have uh, ingredients on the back so if they put mega purple in it you'll never know that's why we like natural wine exactly Alright, last one. Oxidative. So oxidative, we like to distinguish from oxidized. Oxidized wine is going to smell gross, like you had some bad curry. Not into that. If it's brown, oxidized, not great. But some wines, natural wines are made with a uh, like purposely to be a little bit oxidized and that can make it uh, have some really yummy notes like dried fruits or nuts or maybe a little bit of a bready element. So oxidized wine, cool, little bit of color added, yummy nuttiness, probably on purpose, probably supposed to be there and can add some really nice complexity to the wine. Brown curry, bad, throw that out. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We did it. I don't know if it was 10 minutes, but I think that was a pretty quick list.
1: Yeah, we had a couple technical issues in that one that hopefully you don't won't have even picked up on. Uh, but yeah, so that's 25 wine terms slash natural wine terms that uh, you might hear of that now hopefully you know a little bit about.
0: You can go to your natural wine bar, and next time they say this was a whole cluster uh, spontaneous fermentation. Oh, we didn't do, did we do No, we didn't put mallow on here.
1: One more, go.
0: Malolactic fermentation. It takes malic acid and turns it into lactic acid. It basically gives a wine creaminess. It is um, uh, what gives, you know, like Muscadet that creamy quality to it. It's literally lactic, like milk. And it helps stabilize the wine. Um, sometimes they do this thing called batonnage, where they mix the yeasts in with the wine, and it basically creates um, an added complexity to the wine of mallow acid no sorry lactic acid
1: bonus
0: bonus one now you can go to your natural wine bar and understand (laughs) how they're describing your wine to you and ask really great questions was it fine was it filtered was it whole cluster was it semi-carbonic look at you now
1: just don't be too annoying true (laughs) thanks everyone
0: bye guys